Um, welcome to you all here at Heathervale Baptist Church. I'm Steve and I'll be leading you through the service. Um, and uh, we've got people on Zoom, so waving to those on Zoom. I'm sure they're waving back. Um, this morning we do have communion, so for those on Zoom, make sure you have your stuff, your bits and pieces ready. Um, and we are welcoming Sue Harris into membership as well this morning, so looking forward to that. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, bef uh, before we go any further, a couple of notices to give. So, Martin, you can go first. Morning, everyone. Good to see you. Um, we had an exciting um, Firestarters Leadership Network meeting with all the leaders this week at the church. And uh, um, I, I want to share just a little bit of feedback from that tonight with you to pray into. Um, it's an exciting things came out of that uh, time together as elders and deacons with Alex Harris from Firestarters. So uh, just so happens that we've we got to number six uh, in our prayer meetings, which is taking real risks. And this was something that uh, came up as a really significant area for us as a leadership team and as a church. So quite excited to uh, share with you tonight. So that's six o'clock for about an hour. Everyone's welcome. Please do come along to pray together, to seek God's will together uh, for the life of the church. That's going to be an exciting time tonight. So come along and find out more. And then over to Alison. Morning. Um, I do hope it hasn't escaped your notice that next Sunday here at 10.30 is our All Age Nativity Centre uh, service. All Age, literally, from the youngest up to the oldest, we are hoping that you will invite people to come along. It should be really good. Um, yeah, as I said last week, it's fun, but it also gets across the real meaning of Christmas. I did put out a plea last week for anybody who was willing to dress up, particularly as a, a wise man person. Um, no, it wasn't you, it was Mark. Yeah, where's Mark? Mark wise person. Um, an angel, a shepherd, who'd be willing to come to stand at the front. You don't have to say anything unless you particularly want to. Um, I've only had one person say that they're prepared to do that. So I hope there will be more of you who um, will do that. If you are willing to do that, would you please uh, tell either Jenny or Mark or Helen or myself, um, preferably today, but um, you know, if you let us know at the beginning of the week, we do have some costumes. And we'd love it, even if you don't want to come up the front, if you'd come and, and dress up and sit in the congregation. But we would like some of you to be up at the front. So thank you. That's next Sunday, 10.30. Thank you, Alison. <laughs> so um, let's, let's begin our service with, with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you that we can come joyfully into your presence this morning, ready to, to raise a banner, raise a flag, ready to praise you, um, because you are God, you are the reason we are here this morning. And so, Father God, we just ask, would you inhabit our praises now in Jesus' name? Amen. Let's stand and let's sing together. There are flags at the front if you want to wave them. There's instruments at the front if you want to bang them and tap them and whatever else. We want to see Jesus lifted high. We want to 
see Jesus lifted high A banner that flies across this land That all men might see the truth and know He is the way to heaven We want to see Jesus lifted high A banner that flies across this land That all men might see the truth and know He is the way to heaven We want to see, we want to see we want to see Jesus lifted high. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. Step by step we're moving forward, little by little taking ground. Every prayer a powerful weapon, strongholds come tumbling down and down and down and down. We want to see Jesus lifted high. A banner that flies across this land That all men might see the truth and know He is the way to heaven We want to see Jesus lifted high A banner that flies across this land That all men might see the truth and know He is the way to heaven We want to see, we want to see We want to see Jesus lifted high We want to see we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. Step by step we're moving forward, little by little taking ground. Every prayer a powerful weapon, strongholds come tumbling down and down and down. We want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. A banner that flies across this land. That all men might see the truth and know He is the way to heaven At your name The mountain shake and crumble At your name The oceans roll and tumble your name angels will bow the earth will rejoice your people cry out Lord of all the earth will shout your name shout your name filling up the skies with endless praise endless praise Yahweh Yahweh we love to shout your name Shut your name 
people to go out to their groups so we can let them disappear. Rachel, she gone. <laughs> Somebody will find her. <laughs> And can we take up the offering, please? Just put it down there. That's fine. Yeah. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for all the, the good things that you do in our lives. Lord, we thank you that you, you look after us. Lord, we thank you that freely you've given us our lives, Lord, you've given us all the, all the money that we have. And Lord, now we freely give back to you. Lord, we want to just see your kingdom extended, not just in Newhall, but around the world. But Lord, we just ask that you would just use, give us wisdom to use this money wisely. And Lord, help us to see your kingdom come. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just double-checking my order of service. <laughs> Right, let's sing again. <laughs> Let's just come before our God, just giving him the praise and worship that's due his name, Precious Cornerstone. Precious cornerstone, sure foundation, you are faithful to the end. We are waiting on you, Jesus. We believe your all to us. Precious cornerstone, sure foundation, you are faithful to the end. We are waiting. 
glory to the King of Ages. Oh, glory to the King of Kings. His name is Lord. His name is Jesus. And from the above, majesty into this world he came to save us you bore the cross you took my sin you shone your light into my darkness unveiled the truth this mystery you are my God, you are my Savior, you are the rock on which I stand, ever faithful God, I cling to you in every way you've shown that you There's no other love compares with you. 
Let's just worship our God this morning. Ever faithful God. We worship you, Jesus are born anew through water and through spirit and are not condemned for their sins. They will be known as the sons of God and are promised an eternal life through the word of God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. just asked me to share something with you uh, we shared it in the morning Monday morning prayer group and it's about my daughter in uh, the United States of America and uh, she has been very ill just recently and one problem was that these uh, uh, red pussy spots were developing all over her body and uh, the last part was up into her face and it was terrible it was itchy the doctor sent us some medication it didn't do the job in fact it made it worse we were on zoom with her a few days ago and we prayed for her specifically that god's god will heal her from this terrible infection and yesterday she phoned up we were talking to her and she said it's all gone Amen. Praise Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. God, god is still in the business of healing the sick Amen. 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 In seeing that you are all to us, Father, we've heard just now of your healing presence. We've been singing wonderful words of proclamation of who you are. Father, I pray for me, Lord, and for the church here, you give us the boldness by your spirit to tell someone 
afresh this week that you are all to us. So bless your name. Bring glory to your name, I pray, as we exercise this beautiful time of season. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. 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 So let's draw around communion, but as we do that before then, I'll hand over to Martin. It's always a joy and delight to welcome new people into membership, and we have Sue here today, who's going to be welcomed into membership. You going to come forward, Sue? Great. <clears throat> The Bible uh, describes uh, what it means to be a member of the church, of a local church. So this is Paul writing to the local church in Rome. And he says this in Romans 12, verse 4. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So membership is about two things. It's about loving God and worshiping God vertically also has a horizontal dimension it's about using our gifts to build up and serve the church and uh, it's what we call a covenant relationship so God makes a covenant with us his people through Jesus whose blood is the new covenant and then we express our side of the covenant by loving God and by loving one another in the church and by using our gifts to build up the church so that's what we're celebrating uh, this morning that Sue has come to the point in her life that having been baptized by full immersion as a believer, she now, thank God, wants to join, has made this commitment to join the local church here at Hedervale. Sue, we're excited, we're delighted. Okay, it's taken seven years, but hey, you're here now. Seven's a perfect number, by the way. Yeah, I know. Um, it's next year. Yeah, there we go. But Sue, we're, we're so excited because we know that you will bring uh, an awful lot to the church here. You, you, you already have, uh, you already uh, bring your joy and your encouragement and your faith with you week by week. And we, well, I'm just looking forward to getting, you know, getting to know you better and to seeing your spiritual gifts exercised more fully in the life of the church. So thank you for this moment. Thank you for committing to Hedervale. We look forward to working, partnering with you in the gospel as we move forward. So Sue, um, because it's, this is a, a covenant relationship, just as marriage is a covenant relationship and uh, it, we, we make promises and vows before one another and before God and the church, so we do so in church membership. So I'm going to ask you some, some questions, Sue. So, Sue, do you declare your faith in the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, having found new life in him? Yes, I do. Fantastic. Sue, do you believe God has called you to serve Christ as part of Heathervale Baptist Church? Yes. Fantastic. Sue, do you commit yourself to love and serve the Lord within this church community and in the world 
and being filled with the Holy Spirit to fulfill your ministry in the body of Christ. Yes. Yes, Fantastic. Sir. That's wonderful. And um, because we're in a, a covenant relationship with one another as family, can I ask the members of Heathervale to stand? And you're going to make uh, covenant promises to Sue, uh, to pray for her, to use your gifts to build her up and strengthen her and help her to walk as, yeah. So as members of Heathervale Baptist Church, do you promise to love, encourage, strengthen, guide, pray for, and care for Sue as an equal partner in the body of Christ? We do. Fantastic. So I know you've got a, a, a baptism card. Well, you're going to get another one now. Um, so Sue, that's uh, your certificate of membership for Heatherbell okay. Baptist Church. Thank you. And the right hand of fellowship that Paul uh, offered in the Bible to, to people. So in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and on behalf of this fellowship, we welcome you, Sue, into our membership. Bless you. Great. Mark, could you come up and pray for Sue as well? Yeah, just a word of encouragement to you all. The Lord laid on my heart, and I'm sure it's for us all, and maybe many of you already know it, but it's been on my heart. That faith knows it before we're shown it, so keep in expectant faith. Great. We'll give that to Mark. Oh, there you are. Stay <laughs> there. You. Heavenly Father, I, I just want to thank you for Sue. I want to thank you for her friendship, her love and support to this, to me in particular and to this fellowship. I want to thank you that she loves you. I want to thank you that you are her whole life. I just pray that you would strengthen her and keep her safe. I pray that you would fill her anew with your Holy Spirit this morning, that uh, she would be bold in her faith. I thank you that she never shuts up about you. Um, but I ask for more of that. I ask for more of that, more of that to continue, that she would demonstrate your love and your kindness in all she does. And as she works in this fellowship, we thank you that she's joining us here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. And a special thank you to Brenda. Um, uh, where's the other one? Uh, Barbara and Michael, and there was somebody else that I'm going to forget. Brenda, Barbara, Michael, Sally, and you. Thank you. Okay. God bless you all. Thank you. Can I ask the uh, communion service to come to the front, please? Um, to take part in communion. You don't need to be a member of this church. You don't even need to have been baptized by full immersion yet. <laughs> you just need to be uh, a Christian who's decided that you'll, you love the Lord Jesus. You've made a decision to follow him, serve him, um, and you're still sort of, you're still wrestling with baptism. And I pray that you would come to that place of of baptism too, but please do feel free to share communion. Um, if you're 
If you love the Lord Jesus imperfectly, like me, you are very welcome around this table. And in fact, I often take a moment, I'm sure you do too, to, before I take bread and wine, just to confess my sins and to receive the forgiveness of Jesus. Because we all come to this table, not as those who've got it together, not as those who have no doubts or fears or struggles, but we come in need of grace, in need of mercy, in need of forgiveness, don't we? And Jesus is the host who comes with his grace and mercy, forgives us and helps us in our weakness and need. So Tony's going to lead us in prayers of thanksgiving. Thank you. Father, as we gather around this communion table and as we're in the Advent season, as we look forward to the coming of your son on to this earth, and we thank you that he came with a mission. He came with a purpose mm. to bring salvation's plan. Yes. To restore a broken relationship between us and you. And so, Jesus, we do thank you that you wanted to restore that relationship and you were willing to give your all that we might have everything that we could ever need. And so as we focus on the elements on the table, we recognize the bread represents your body, which was given for us, and the wine, the pouring out of your blood, which washes us whiter than the snow. And so we say, thank you, Jesus. And may we be blessed as we share this meal together in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tony. So we remember that um, Jesus took bread and after he had given thanks, he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in memory of me. Um, The bread will be brought uh, to you. Please uh, take and eat as you receive it. But please don't be embarrassed. If you're not yet in that place of faith and following Jesus, please do allow the bread and wine just to pass you by. You're very welcome uh, to to just reflect, think about what these elements represent, the bread of the bread representing the body of Christ, sacrificed on the cross, and the wine representing his blood shed for the forgiveness of sin. With a grateful heart, give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son.
we remember that after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. We will hold on to our cups and all drink together as a sign of our unity in the body of Christ. With a grateful heart, give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy So we drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for us. An opportunity now to bring our prayers to God for the fellowship here, for those uh, who are sick, in hospital, recovering, waiting for treatment for the worldwide church as the spirit uh, leads you in prayer please lead us if you're on zoom uh, please feel free to unmute if you're in here um, Barbara I believe will come and uh, bring you the mic so that you can be heard by everyone thank you so let's pray openly as the spirit leads you Heavenly Father, we've heard testimony this morning of hailing God. And we believe and trust that you continue to heal. So we continue to lift up our brother Howard this morning uh, with all that's going on there and his family. And we pray a miraculous healing on him, on whatever's going on in his brain, in his head, you know we don't understand but you do you made him you made him as you want him to be so we just ask for that miraculous touch right now 
Marilyn's son. We pray the same, Lord Jesus, in your name and power. You have authority and power uh, to bring healing. And we ask for a supernatural intervention in Paul's life, in, in that eye, Lord Jesus, that you would bring glory to your name as you answer prayers, Lord, and send him a miracle, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for giving us testimony. Mm. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, we give you thanks this morning. We know for one thing that you came on this earth and healing was part of your works. Father, we speak healing to our life this day in the name of Jesus. Yes. You are the balm of Gilead. Let healing fall from the heavens above. Mm. Open up the voice of heaven and let your healing hand touch everyone sick in every part of their bodies. Father, let there be healing. Yes. Let your healing move, let your healing power move like never before, Jesus. Yes. That we shall give you thanks and glory for you who serve it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 <clears throat> Lord, we want to pray for um, Dave and Roz at this difficult time. Lord, with, with Dave in hospital. Lord, we just pray for, uh, for his recovery. Lord, we pray for the practical details of where he will go when he comes out of hospital. Lord, we just pray for Roz, for your peace and strength for her, for your reassurance for her, Lord. Um, Lord, we just pray that you put your healing hand on him today. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I also want to pray for Eve, who's had another uh, nasty fit overnight. Lord, we just, Lord, as she recovers, we just ask that you put your hand of healing upon her. And Lord, just watch over the, the whole family as they help her to recover. And Lord, we know that this takes an enormous toll on Eve and also on the whole family. And so, Lord, we ask for your restorative healing and blessing on Eve and Steve and the whole family. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. <clears throat> Thanks, Jasper. <laughs> it's getting bigger. <laughs> keep going, keep going. That's it, yeah. Okay. No, I'm it back. There we go. It's age. It gets to everyone. <laughs> So, so we're continuing on um, as we come towards Christmas and Martin's about to come and speak from this passage, which is in John 1, starting at verse 9. So just before this, um, John has been talking about John the Baptist. Um, and so the, the, the bit just before it is said, he himself, so talking about John the Baptist, was not the light. 
He came only as a witness to the light. So the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world and through the world and was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's us. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Father God, just open your word to us now. Help us to understand the, the totality of that statement, Lord. The fact that we became right to be the children of God. And so, Lord, just, just move our hearts this morning, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Steve. I don't think it's a silly question to ask what is Christmas actually about? Um, you might have all sorts of, of answers uh, for that. Um, but uh, I want to talk about what the Bible um, says about Christmas. That's novel, isn't it, in these days? <laughs> so what is Christmas actually about? Well, verse 14, here's a summary. The word, Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Christmas is about the incarnation of God in the flesh. Um, what does it mean to say that the word became flesh? Well, it means that God became man as well as God. Great mystery here. Um, there is mystery in the Christian faith. Um, in case you hadn't noticed, if you've had trouble explaining the Trinity or the Incarnation, you know that there is mystery in the Christian faith. Jesus became both fully God and fully man when he entered this world as a baby. He added a human nature to his eternal nature. Why did he do that? Why couldn't God have just kind of done it a different way? Why did God have to enter into the world like, like he did as a baby? Why did Jesus need to become fully man as well as fully God and enter into our world? Well, here's the problem. Every major world religion basically says, and so do cults and sects, they basically say that human beings need to climb a ladder to reach God. That's what all world religions and sects and cults say. In other words, if you want to know whether something is really Christian or not, then it depends whether um, we are at the center of it or God is at the center of it. There's the big giveaway there. If it's all about what I need to do to reach God, it's going to be a cult or a sect and it's not Christianity you see to reach God requires keeping rules guidelines laws 
So the idea is that human beings have to climb up the ladder to God. So you hope that if you've done enough evangelism and kept enough rules and been a good person, that you might just make it in to God's presence. But Christianity, and this is why I love Christianity, Christianity is the only world religion in which God comes down to human beings. We don't go up to him, he comes down to us. That's called grace. Other religions say, here is the ladder, climb up it. Tick the boxes, keep the rules, say other religions. John's gospel tells us that God climbed down the ladder for us in Jesus. Other religions say, here is the way to walk. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Other religions say, here is how you can be lifted up to God. Jesus said, I will be lifted up on a cross for you. Do you see? Christianity is about God and his grace coming down to us. Other religions is about us climbing the ladder to God. The religious authorities of Jesus' day asked him, what, what, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus said, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Believe in Jesus. That's the work you've got to do, and God will do the rest. You see, there is no way that we could ever climb up a ladder to reach God. Sorry to disappoint you if that's your hope. God is infinitely holy and without even the smallest trace of sin. And we know, and I know, that I don't keep God's law perfectly. I don't love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind and my strength. I don't do that perfectly. And I don't love my neighbor as myself perfectly. So I fall at the very basic hurdle. Uh, another way of putting that is that we all sin, right? We don't keep God's command perfectly. We all fall short. So even if you tried to keep the law as perfectly as you could, the ladder would never be long enough to get to God, right? It'd always be short. But thank goodness, there is one human being who kept God's law perfectly. One human being who loved God and loved others perfectly and this is the, the the god man who came down the ladder to us and who reaches down and lifts us up to the heights of his throne isn't that wonderful where we fail where we fall short jesus comes down and he lifts us up to the heights of god's throne that's grace that's what i want to be part of John says that if we put our trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit himself, God's Spirit, will come down and fill us and live us inside us and give us new birth. Isn't that amazing? God's presence in the Spirit comes down to live in us when we believe in Jesus. Here's what John says. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, 
but born of God. When someone trusts in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes down upon them and they are adopted as a child into God's family. Um, children are not normally born this way, are they? Um, I know I've had a couple. Parents are born naturally, John says, when parents decide to procreate. The child is then part of their family by blood relation. But John is talking here about spiritual new birth, isn't he? Um, it's amazing that when Jesus meets a Nicodemus in John chapter 3, who is what would be equivalent these days to a kind of reverend professor doctor of theology, right? Nicodemus hasn't got a clue what Jesus is talking about. So here's Nicodemus, John chapter 3. Jesus says to Nicodemus, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Listen to Nicodemus, this is hilarious. Nicodemus, right? The religious professor, doctor of theology, the religious expert in Jewish law goes, hang on a minute, how can someone be born when they're old? Surely they can't enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. You can't climb back in and be reborn. I guess he's thinking he's trying to be funny with Jesus, but he's missed the point entirely, hasn't he? He just doesn't get it. Jesus isn't talking physically. He's talking about spiritual rebirth. So here's what he says back to Nicodemus. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. A Christian is someone who has believed that Jesus is the Son of God who came down from heaven to die for them so that they can be born again and become an adopted child of God. A Christian is someone who's been adopted into God's family. A Christian is someone who knows that they are God's dearly loved adopted child and they experience all the benefits of being a child of God. I don't know if you ever thought about this a lot, um, but if you've had secure, or you know of people who've had secure loving parents, they experience security, peace, and joy. If you're a Christian, you definitely have a loving parent in God, and there is every reason that we should experience security, peace, and joy. Because Abba Father is dear dad in heaven to the Christian. He loves you. He's made you his child. And he loves you with a love that you can't even understand or begin to grasp. Some years ago, J.I. Packer, in his book, Knowing God, which is a classic, by the way, wrote this about the teaching of being adopted as a child of God. Quote, if you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, Find out how much they make of the thought of being God's child and having God as their father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls their worship and prayers and their whole outlook on life, it means that they do not understand Christianity very well at all. I think Packer is, has nailed it. I think he's right on here. It was when I experienced the love of the father through the Holy Spirit for the first time that I was set on fire 
and was never the same again with Jesus. It's when we know how much we're loved, when the Spirit comes upon us and gives us a love for God and for others like we've never had before, that is the moment when our eyes are open to see just how dearly loved by God the Father we are. That's a transformational moment. Now, I remember after I'd become a Christian, going forward at Soul Survivor, receiving the Holy Spirit and knowing beyond doubt that God loved me intimately. I had a security, a peace, a joy like I'd never had before. And I've never looked back since. Never. Not once. The New Testament repeatedly talks about Christians as adopted children or sons who have privileged access to God in prayer. Romans 8, you can choose your own text, but this is, well, this is a cracker, isn't it? The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father, dear Daddy. Amazing. Our relationship with God, oh, there it is, sorry, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. In other words, the Holy Spirit reminds us and assures us that we are dearly loved children of God. Wow. So our relationship with God is one now primarily of confidence and love and security and intimacy. Sounds good. This doesn't mean we don't approach God with reverence and fear, but it gives us a confidence to come that even when we fail God and let him down, that he loves us and wants to forgive us and restore us. And that even his fatherly discipline is good for us and necessary for our growth in Christ-like character. He has our best interests at heart. And yes, Sometimes when children go astray, they do need to be disciplined and corrected. And yes, God the Father shows his love. Sometimes he disciplines us, corrects us, because he wants us to grow. He doesn't want to leave us as we are. He wants us to grow. But when we do fail and mess up, which we all do, do you know God waits with, his, with open arms to welcome us home? Isn't that wonderful? Now at this point, some people may object to the truth of the loving fatherhood of God. They say, well, these days, you know, um, families are not what they perhaps once were 40, 50 years ago. Not everybody has a good role model. Perhaps you haven't had a good role model of, of a father. Perhaps you, you might say, I've never experienced this kind of fatherly love. And so I struggle to relate to God as a loving father. I hear that, but just a moment's reflection led me to this. Isn't this true, though, of other relationships in life? For example, there are couples who, learning from the mistakes of their parents' marriage, break the mold and say, we're going to make this the best marriage ever. We're going to love one another in the way that we haven't been loved and the way that our parents didn't love, we're going to break the mold and we're going to do this right. Because the problem is, if we always say somebody else's fault or responsibility for the way that I've turned out, we don't take responsibility for ourselves. 
there are couples, um, there are also fathers and mothers who are determined to learn from the mistakes of their own parents, who themselves become great parents. They make a decision to learn from mistakes their parents made, and they make great parents. In other words, the mistakes are not necessarily passed down through the generation, but they themselves are able to break the mold with God's help. Let me quote J.I. Packer again, quote, listen to this carefully. The thought of our maker becoming our perfect parent, faithful in love and care, generous and thoughtful, interested in all we do, respecting our individuality, skillful in training us, wise in guidance, always available, helping us to find ourselves in maturity, integrity and uprightness is a thought which can have meaning for everybody, whether we come to it by saying, I had a wonderful father, I see that God is like that, only more so, or by saying, my father disappointed me here and here and here, but God, praise his name, will be very different. Or even by saying, I've never known what it is to have a father on earth, but thank God that I now have one in heaven. You can say that if you're a Christian. Whatever your experience of fatherhood has been on the earth, you have a father in heaven who the Bible says loves you with a love that is beyond understanding. That's good news. That needs to be received, not rejected, not disputed with. It's an invitation to experience the love of God, the fatherhood of God. Um, Jesus is the unique sense, uh, is the unique son of God. Um, we're not the son of God in the way that Jesus is, okay? Just want you to grasp that, all right? Jesus is the son of God because he's eternal. He is God. He was with God in the beginning, and he is God. We are adopted sons or children of God, aren't we? We get in through rebirth spiritually and through adoption um listen to how jesus speaks of god's love for his disciples john 16 27 get a hold of this the father himself loves you this is to all christians because you have loved me and have believed that i came from god the father himself loves you and me because we have believed and loved Jesus, his son. Do you see that? God loves you like he loves his eternal son. Elsewhere, John says in his letter, 1 John 1, 3, listen to this. Our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. As a Christian, you get to be in the family of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You get to enjoy being at the table with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In this life, and even better, you'll be in the great banqueting hall in the presence of Jesus for eternity. You've got a place at the table. I think that's good news. Absolutely, yeah. I just want to quickly apply this to show how important this is, 
how important it is to know that you're loved and secure and God's child, how transformational that is. The New Testament gives us two measures of God's love. First, it's shown by the cross. 1 John 4.10 says this. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. If you ever doubt that God loves you, look at the cross. God sent his only son to die for you. He came down the ladder to rescue you, and he'd have done that if you were the only person in the world, because he loves you, and he wants relationship with you. He wants to know you. He wants to rescue you and lift you up into his fellowship. The second measure of God's love is the gift of sonship. 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. Listen to that language. Isn't it extravagant? Lavished. That we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. That's what you are if you're a Christian. You are a child of God. Have you received that truth? Are you living in that truth? Are you confident in that truth? Are you secure in that truth? Do you sense God's love in your life? That's what God wants for you. The reason sonship is such a special gift is we compare it to the ancient background. In the ancient world, adoption was a practice ordinarily confined to the childless well to do. Its subjects were not normally infants as today, but there were young adults who showed themselves fit and able to carry on the family name in a worthy way. Do you think God, do you think God if he looked at some of us, all of us, would go, oh, you look worthy, Martin, to carry on the family name in a worthy way. You look a good candidate to be part of this family. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have taken a second look, would he? At most of us. He'd have brushed us aside. No, I'm moving on. There's somebody else better. But that's not what he did. He chose us because he loved us, not because we were respectable and able to carry on the family name well. <laughs> we didn't deserve any of this. It's a free act of kindness. God chose us in Christ because he loved us, not because he had to choose us. That's the wonder of adoption. Think about adoption. Adopt, adoption is about parents choosing to adopt. <coughs> God didn't have to do anything about us. He could have left us to wallow in our own self-centeredness, doing our own thing, couldn't he? He had every right to. Ever since Adam and Eve first sinned, we were born into sin. God could have just left us to get on with it. Gone, oh, blow him then. What did he do? He climbed down the ladder in the person of Jesus and invited us back into relationship with him. That's a good, good father, isn't it? God's act of uh, love and grace didn't stop with this act of initial adoption. In a family, the actual transaction of, of agreeing to adopt is only the beginning, isn't it? Good adopting parents, loving parents who adopt, want that child to establish strong bonds with them, don't they? They want to show that child love and security. They want their home to be a place of joy and security, peace delight 
And that's why God has chosen to adopt you, because he wants you to know his love. He wants you to know the joy of being intimate and friendly with him. God wants you to know more and more and more and more of his love in this life. He, was, he wants you to experience through the Holy Spirit more of his love, more of the security and joy of intimacy with him. Um, by the way, it's going to take us an eternity to get to the bottom of God's love. <laughs> Not that we ever can, it's infinite. We are loved with a love beyond our understanding. And God wants us to know more of that love that we might be confident, bold, courageous, joyful, contagious in happiness and contentment to the world out there because we know Father loves us. We know we're secure today and for eternity. We know that we're an adopted child of God who's heading for an eternal intimacy with God, the Father, and the Son, and the Spirit. You see, when you know how much you're loved, when you know how secure you are, you're going to want others to know about that, aren't you? You're not going to want to keep it to yourself. When you're confident and secure in who you are as a dearly loved child of God, you're going to want, like Sue, to tell everyone. And so we pray God's blessing that that gift of evangelism that he's given you would be fanned into flame and would continue that God would give you boldness and courage as you tell the world about Jesus. And we pray that for all of us, don't we? That we'd have such confidence, boldness, courage, joy, that it would flow out of us naturally or supernaturally through the work of the Spirit, yeah? No wonder Paul prays, a prayer in Ephesians 3 that the Ephesian church would know more of God's love. Um, I'm going to pray this over us. So can I ask you to stand? This is, Paul, this is Paul's prayer for the Ephesian Christians. And I'm going to pray Paul's prayer over every single one of us that we would know more of God's love I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. We're going to sing a song about the goodness and the love of God and what our identity is in God. I'm going to invite you, if you have never really experienced the love of God in an overwhelming way or in a way that just fills you with fresh confidence and boldness and courage to talk about Jesus and to overflow with his love for others. Can I invite you that as we're singing, prayer team, be ready to come up and pray. Just perhaps you come up to the front uh, row, come forward. If you want to experience the love of God in a new way for you, know beyond doubt that you're a dearly loved adopted child, son of God. You can experience that through the spirit. 
So I'd invite you to come and we'd love to lay hands on you and pray that you would be filled to the fullness of the measure of God. So as we're singing, just come, just come to the front and we'll pray for you to receive that blessing, that experience of God's love for you. It's wonderful. Just come. Let's sing. You are perfect in all of your ways. 
on the Lord in here. If you need to go and get children, then please go and get them. If you want to go through for coffee, please do so. But um, if you want to respond, be filled with the Holy Spirit, be filled with God's love for you as his adopted child, then please uh, remain in here and the prayer team will be sensitive to that and uh, will come uh, come and pray and lay hands on you. So uh, just we'll continue to, to allow this space for those who want to make that response. But uh, otherwise, please do uh, go and collect kids and go through for refreshments. Now may the grace of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us and remain with us. Amen.